Welcome to issue 171 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hello. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm well enough, Steve. And we are also joined by our dear friend and colleague, Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, Daniel. I'm all right. How are you? Fantastic. Um, yeah. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to 171. Cool. Oh, That's I'm fun. supposed to ask you what's on your mind tonight, Daniel. Me? Yeah, oh, you. Geez, thanks, Mike. Um, well, you know what? Bittersweet something something's on my mind tonight, guys. The officially announced end of the side scheme podcast. Uh, kind of down about that. They were one of the originals. Yep. Yeah. They um they really helped promote this game early on. Steve, I feel like you were close to those guys. Like, what what do you think? Yeah, I went on a few of their early shows, and um, they came on ours. At the you know volume one and banana crapshoot out there is like a moderator for Facebook and Discord and. Ran like a solo league early on, and played a lot of played a lot of games with them, and just you know they they were good community builders, and it's it's sad to see them officially call it quits. They're, I guess we were always holding out hope that maybe they'd still do a show now and then, but yeah. you know everybody moves on a little bit to something yeah. new. So. Hopefully they'll turn up every once in a while, maybe even here in the lair. That'd be great. They always have an open invitation. For sure, but they're still in the community, though, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they didn't just like disappear. But the, okay, the good, show's good. over. The articles will be done, and I don't know if they'll be running any of their their league stuff anymore or anything like that. Okay. But yeah, oh. you know. well, we thank them wholeheartedly for their contributions to the game. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I do have one really funny memory f- from going on one of the shows, and. We, they recorded everything live. There's no editing. It was like, this is the show, right? This is us. Just raw. <laughs> and in the background, all of a sudden, you hear his smoke detector going off. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. Right? And he runs off to check on it. And it turns out that his wife had, was taking like a super hot shower, and the steam had set the fire alarm off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all right there to hear, to listen to, right? That that happened day one in, of living in this house when we first moved in. Lillian took a really hot shower, and it was one of those wired into the house oh, fire yeah. alarms, which I'd never seen or heard, so I didn't know how to turn it off. So she's showering and freaking out, and I just beat the thing with a hammer till it stopped. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to make it stop. Yeah. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> oh about, about every three months, we'll hear it go. Rrr. Funny. So, uh, oh. Well. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> Mike, do you have a good fire alarm story to share? I mean, I usually take the batteries out when something goes <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. That's safe. All right. Now, we, we could talk fire alarm hijinks all night, I bet. But we're not here to oh, do I, that. Not my fire alarms. <laughs> my fire alarms are functioning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey. Let's talk about a gang up, Steve. Oh, we're going to do that now? Let's do, do that now. Let's do yeah. that now, because I'm excited oh, yeah. about it. Yeah, let's do it. Go for when it. When was the last time we had one of these? It's been a bit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Steve, you and I went on someone else's show last night. 
We did. And last night being May 2nd. So <laughs> probably released so six a weeks month ago? or two before this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, it was the Moon Knight podcast. Yeah. Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Cool. Uh, yeah. Hosted by Ray. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, apparently, well, his podcast is all about Moon Knight, like really diving into the comics. And he has become a recent convert to the Marvel Champions LCG community. And he's dived headfirst. He's got all the content now, and he's really excited to come to talk with us. So he brought us on. We talked Moon Knight. We talked custom cards. We talked, you know, what would a Moon Knight hero look like? What would the the nemesis and obligation look like? That's awesome. Uh, it was very funny because uh, we know the game far more in depth than he does, and he knows the comics far more in depth than <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we that worked out each other's strengths. Yeah, it was wonderful. So I've I've got a reading list now. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I would say anybody who's interested in Moon Knight, go check his show out. His three hundred and twenty-seven episodes as of the recording of this. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's been around a long time. He's got a lot of different guests on. He does a lot of neat stuff on the show, right? Comics, the TV, uh, collectibles, uh, the card game now, stuff like that. Um, and he does some interesting pieces on his show, too, where since Moon Knight is, you know, like there's some moon theme going on there. Depending on the, the real-life phases of the moon, he will do different segments in his show. That's awesome. I, I think it's really fun. How so, many episodes does he spend on Oscar Isaac's terrible English accent? Uh, I didn't listen to those, so I don't okay. know. <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll we'll link that podcast below. I have yeah. a gang of two. Oh, all right. So I guess this would be two months ago. <laughs> so for us last weekend, my local game store had their very first ever Marvel Champions meetup. Oh, cool. And so, just you know, me and 16 other folks uh, played against the uh, Mansion Attack scenario. Nice. And so you, you had the, uh, the official FFG organized play kit and stuff like that yep yep so we got some uh fun alt art stuff and all that kind of stuff and i played with uh andrew taylor and james and i said that i would say hi to them on the podcast so thanks for playing that that was great james had actually heard of us whoa he's like oh yeah i listen to you guys in the car (laughs) that's awesome he was a great guy to meet they were all great um but he was there early and I was too. And we kind of got to talking and just a great guy. So nice. that was fun. Thanks guys. Hope to see you again someday. What'd you play? I played Scarlet Witch. But who is the villain? Ma- Mansion Attack. Mansion Attack. Oh, it was like, Mansion Attack. Okay. It's, so I can give you the order, Mike, they came out in. Toad, Avalanche, Pyro, and the squishy guy. The one in his underwear. Blob, maybe? Blob. <laughs> yeah, Blob. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to think about that. Which... Which squishy guy in his underwear in this game? It's really discomforting art. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we learned that if Toad comes out first, your game goes about an extra hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But we, you know, had to do it. So I forgot how fun Scarlet Witch is. Oh, my God. She messes with stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, anyway. she's a player. <laughs> So, Daniel, you, you like live my dream there where you're at your local game store and someone recognizes you from the show. Because I, I, I've been in my game store and been like, um, like walking around, talking, hoping someone recognizes yeah, yeah, yeah. my voice. Yeah, no. It hasn't happened. 
James did not recognize my voice. He merely asked if I was involved in the community or what I, you know, if I played the game for a while. And, I'm, and so I said, oh, I also do a podcast. And he said, which one? And then I said, oh, okay. ours. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've, I, I've heard of that. I listened to that. Well, that's still so more. So it's not like he heard my voice and was like, are you Daniel from Critical Encounters? Which is my dream also. Yeah, still. okay. I want to yeah, okay, be somewhere like, not even, I want to be like an airport or something or <laughs> in like a French pastry shop. Ooh, okay. Someone, you know, I want like it'd be completely out of context and have someone recognize my voice. That's my dream. Nice. Which is why I make so many podcasts and do so many things. Oh yeah. There's yeah. that. There's that other one folks can listen to for you. And too. the Monday yeah. night Twitch. Like, Monday yeah, night Twitch. Yeah. I'm trying to get my voice out everywhere. But Steve, this could go on and on all about me, and I'd be fine with that. But we're not here for that. What are we doing tonight? No. Oh right. What are we doing tonight? We are. Well, we're going to talk about our fifth and final villain in the Sinister Motives campaign box, the Venom Goblin. Ooh. So we've got to kind of put a little caveat out here or talk about this. There is no character in the Marvel Universe called Venom Goblin. They made it up? Yes, there wasn't until this game existed. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a really neat piece where... We've seen it in Lord of the Rings where they just make up a ranger or somebody, right? Because the world's so big. But they're able to do that probably the first and final time, maybe, for this. I don't know if they're going to be able to make up other characters. But being able to put Venom with Goblin, it hasn't happened. I, and the Venom symbiote's been on a lot of characters, but never Green Goblin, never Norman Osborn. So we have oh, a brand oh. new character here. I, I'm surprised they were allowed to do that. Yeah, I thought that's really cool. And we'll kind of talk about the Venom Goblin story when we do the full campaign box in the future um, okay what i wanted to talk about tonight was what we get the closest option in the marvel canon uh red goblin all right okay, so, okay. we do have him we we have red goblin which is well let me tell you let me tell okay. you why this is as close as we're going to get to venom goblins or, or original story okay okay all right here we go strap in because this is another one of those long ones <laughs> strapping in can we right. can we interrupt you? No, please do. Okay. Uh, well, interrupt me if you have something pertinent to say. Don't just like go off topic, right? I mean, oh, rats! He I, knows I, us I, too I, well, Mike. He knows yeah. us too well. <laughs> no more fire alarms. <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> All right, let's go back to 2013 in the Superior Spider-Man run, uh, the Goblin Nation storyline. This is uh, number issue number 31, and this is sort of where it starts a little bit. Osborne, this is sort of the end of this Superior Spider-Man line, but so Osborne has his face changed to be to become a character called Mason Banks. He sets up an alter ego and he starts up a second mega corporation, or he merges with a new one, or something weird like that happens uh, in order to create a financial empire for his grandson Normie Osborne. Okay. Wow. Yeah, creative. Uh, all right, so this is the end of the Superior Spider-Man line. Doc Ock, or Otto Octavius, leaves Peter Parker's body. Parker returns to his own body because it turns out that Parker's the only one who can really stop the Green Goblin, and Otto and Osborn are at odds. I don't know, there's stuff that's happening. I don't know the whole story, but that that's the start. Spider-Man infects Osborn during this with a nanovirus that is the Green Goblin anti-serum. Okay. Still with me? Sure. It depowers. A nano serum. Got it. Right. 
and this depowers Osborn. It removes the Green Goblin serum out of Osborn, and it makes Norman Osborn sane once more. But he doesn't have his abilities as the Green Goblin. He loses his strength and his speed and all that kind of stuff, right? So this is the basis moving forward for the whole story for Red Goblin, because Osborn wants the Green Goblin back. He misses his Green Goblin persona. He misses his power. He's not whole unless he is also the Green Goblin. So that's setting the stage for where we're going to go. All right, we'll skip ahead four years to 2017 into the Amazing Spider-Man issues 27 to 32, right? So some time has passed, things have happened, but Osborn has now allied with the new leader of Simcaria. I think I'm saying this right? I don't know. I think it's a made-up country, Simcaria, right? Seems like it. Sure. I am not familiar with it if it's real. Okay, I I feel like it's a Latveria type of place. Okay. Um, all right, and he, he joins forces with the Countess Kharkov, and his goal and her goal is to turn all the people in her country into goblins. But before they do that, they're going to exploit everyone in the country, and they're going to build advanced weapon tech for Osborn, and you know they're going to raise an army of goblins, and then they're going to be a new world superpower. So, of course, who shows up? Spider-Man. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Silver Sable... Uh, as we have seen the art on the heroic intuition card, that's the silver sable, and she's a native of Simcaria, and so she wants her country back from this countess and from Osborn. So her and Spider Man, they invade the country illegally, uh, and Shield gets wind of that, and they're going to come and try to stop Spider Man from doing this. But the two of them, along with her forces, they stop the people from being turned into goblins, and. You know, they Spider-Man once again thwarts Osborn's plans. No, right? Yeah, kind of tired of that, right? And so is Osborn. And Osborn realizes <laughs> that he cannot beat Spider-Man unless he is the Green Goblin. So once again, he he, it's like I have to get the Green Goblin back. It, I have wasted all this time not being the Goblin. So he goes on a quest to regain his Green Goblin abilities. Because this nanovirus is preventing him from just, like, injecting himself with the Green Goblin serum and being the Green Goblin again. So he goes on the, the quest, right? He ser- he uses tech to try to purge and clean himself. He goes through therapy to try to get the Green Goblin to come back. He uses Eastern medicine. He uses Western medicine. He eventually actually learns magic. None of it works. He He can't... He can't become the Green Goblin again. He can't get the serum back. But he does, during this magical quest realize that the Green Goblin is there. It is deep inside of him still. So he has hope he can become the Green Goblin if he keeps trying. So wait, he's wait, gotta... but, he, but he knows magic now. Well, it's interesting. He learns all this magic, and then uh, there's sort of a test at the very end of it. He climbs a mountain and sees an invisible castle where the monks live, and they teach him the magic, right, because he's powerful enough to see that it's the castle exists. And they teach him all, or the monastery, and they teach him all the magic. And then there's this little test at the end. And, of course, he doesn't use this magic for good. He uses it to destroy everything. And they're like, ha-ha, we tricked you. You don't actually have this magic. And they take it all away from him because he fails the test. So he doesn't really have the magic anymore. Oh. Yeah. That was mean of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they're like, look what you could do. No, we're not going to let you. That's called entrapment. (laughs) Wait, didn't I see climbing a mountain to a monk thing and Batman? Yeah. Okay. And Doctor Strange and, yeah. you know, Iron Fist, all of it. Uh, okay, so, but he knows that the Green Goblin is da- deep down inside now during this, like, vision quest thing he goes on 
for the magic. So like the nanobots suppress it, but don't get rid of it, kind of. Right. He, um, he, he hasn't lost hope now because he was okay. starting to lose hope. All right. But during all this, his face is still messed up because when I first mentioned the beginning, he had his face physically altered so he could take on this alter ego of Mason Banks. So now he's like, well, the Green Goblin is down in there, so I need to look like Norman Osborn again. And he has his, you know, lackeys perform the surgery, but he's too impatient for them to wait to have him done right. So he looks like Osborn, but he's all disfigured. So he's a really disgusting, disfigured-looking Osborn, right? Because he's just too impatient. He's like, I gotta have my face back. But they screw it up. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That that surgeon doesn't live long. Uh, 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 and on an aside... In the Marvel Legacy number one, during his seek, his quest to regain his powers back in this whole magic thing, he tries to break into the Sanctum Sanctorum, right, where Doctor Strange is, but, uh, but he, he's thwarted by shrubbery. Well, what is it you want? We want a shrubbery! No. Really? Really? Yes, yes magic no, bushes, stop him. <laughs> okay, so it's not a new superhero I never heard of named Shrubbery. Is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery? No, no. Um, is, no there's so many weird copiary. ones. Like, why wouldn't there be a shrubbery? In fact, shrubbery. can we make can we make a Critical Encounters alt yes. art or not alt art, but like a shrubbery hero? You must find another shrubbery. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you can have a Venom Goblin, we can have a Master Shrubbery guy. So, yeah. You must cut down the mightiest tree in the forest with. A All right, so back on the main track here. Uh, <laughs> so now we're 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 going to look at Amazing Spider-Man number seven hundred and eighty-nine moving forward. I think to like I don't know. There's a half a dozen issues or something like that, or maybe all the way up to eight hundred. Um, I don't know. They're both Amazing Spider-Man. One's number twenty-seven, and one's number seven eighty-two. I don't know the the way it works, but if you look for that, you'll be able to find this. All right, so let's get this is the this is the real meat of it now. We've set the stage, we have the background, okay. and Osborne has a plan. So he sends his lackeys to break into an underwater vault called the Lockbox. Did they find Al Gore there? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that? I'm guessing that joke dates me somewhat. It, a little I bit. A little <laughs> bit. <yeah. laughs> but at least you guys went. Uh, so thanks. <laughs> yeah. Could I just add that in my plan? The lockbox would be used only for Social Security and Medicare. It would have two different locks. Governor Bush. Now, now one of the keys to the lockbox would be kept by the president. The other key would be sealed in a small magnetic container and placed under the bumper of the Senate Majority Leader's car. Okay, so this lockbox has all sorts of stuff stored in it. It used to be run by S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. would, you know, collect things from villains and stash it here so that the villains couldn't get it back. But at this point, the comic S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. So now it's just some fly-by-night private security corp that is running this, and they stink. Because Osborne sends in, like, two mooks who break in without uh, breaking a sweat. They go in there, and they steal what they want. And they get a jar. Oh. Mike, can you guess what's in the jar? A jar. Hmm. I, I have no idea. Okay, well, we talked about this way back, way back. You know what you, know what you keep in jars? You keep symbiotes in jars. <gasps> it's oh, my God. You can't get out of jars, right? But this symbiote is not the Venom symbiote. It is the Carnage symbiote. That doesn't sound good. So this is the Carnage symbiote. 
Carnage's venom's spawn. Carnage is red. Aha, red goblin. Okay. Uh... And Carnage is much worse than Venom. Like, it is far more feral, far more vicious. It has more powers and more abilities. It's that... It, it, it's a it's true... The other generation, threat. right? Yeah, it's, it's up a generation where it's, like, really powerful. Okay. So, the Carnage symbiote is now in Osborne's possession, and he bonds with Carnage. He chooses Oof. to bond with Carnage. And the two struggle for control for a little bit, but they sort of work a deal out where they're going to share the, you know, I don't know, they're going to share possession of each other. And the first thing Osborne does is say, fix my face. And Carnage fixes his face. So now he looks like Osborne. And he says, you know what else you could do? You can expel these nanites that Parker put in my body. And bam, he's cured. Carnage purges the anti-goblin serum nanites from his body. And he is fully integrated with Carnage. Like, he, he's just insane enough to give Carnage full control of himself so that Carnage could do this. Nice. So he's now bonded with Carnage. He has all his regular um, features back. So the last thing is to inject himself with a new Goblin Serum. And there we go. He's now the Green Goblin, but with Carnage, so he's the Red Goblin. And Red Goblin is born. He proves to be pretty powerful character okay that's that's his origin but i think i'd like to talk a little bit more about the story moving forward because it's pretty interesting and i won't give away everything because there's some stuff maybe the listeners want to go and read about i don't want to ruin anything but it's a pretty good story so right off the bat osborne's like okay i gotta get spider-man and i know joe j jonah jameson is close with spider-man so he kidnaps him right away he during this time he also eliminates the goblin king otherwise known as Goblin Knight, otherwise known as the Hobgoblin, but the Phil Ulrich version, not the did Kingsley I version. I did, right? You talked about Hobgoblin, but not you talked like more about Kingsley or whatever? Yeah, Kingsley, that's right. Yeah, so this okay. is like one of the franchised versions that, that, of a Hobgoblin. So Great Goblin kills a Hobgoblin, like kills him. Venom just massacres him. Uh, he takes his suit and all his powers and his abilities, and he's like, I have all this tech now. So he's like, I'm really a Goblin now. And J. Jonah Jameson is witness to all this because he's been kidnapped. And Jonathan's trying to, like, taunt Goblin into making a mistake. And he's giving him a hard time because he doesn't, you know, doesn't like being kidnapped. Uh, He's trying to get in Goblin's mind. But he accidentally mentions something like, you threw his girl off a bridge. And that reminds Osborne, oh, yeah, I remember. I threw Gwen Stacy off a bridge. And that was Peter Parker's girlfriend, and that was really Spider-Man. And, oh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I remember that now. The insanity has cleared once more. Now I can go after Parker, and I can go after Spider-Man. This is what I want to do. Because he wasn't, at this point, didn't know who Parker was or anything like that. So that long-lost memory has been returned to him. So J. Joan Jameson realizes he, like, really screwed up big time. Womp womp. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So Osborne immediately heads off to the Bugle to find Parker. He tells Parker, go get Spider-Man. Because he he knows that Spider-Man is Parker, but he doesn't want to let on in front of everybody else. He wants to keep Parker's secret identity for him. Osborne's ego is such that he doesn't want the secret to get out. He wants to be the only one who knows it. So he's like, go get Spider-Man. Parker runs off to go get Spider-Man. And while Parker's changing costumes, Osborne drops a bomb in the Bugles, you know, laboratory that he got from... 
the hobgoblin and all this whole thing. So there's a there's a terrible bomb here that's going to explode, and it's this huge thing. It's going to be terrible. And they start fighting, and there's going to be this big explosion, but Parker creates a web vault for himself, and he climbs inside, and the people had escaped for the most part. The bomb goes off. Boom! Right? Parker barely survives, and Osborne's dying. He's on a spike, and there's a green goblin dying, and at this point, Parker has no idea that he's bonded with Carnage, because you haven't seen... Parker hasn't seen the Green Goblin with the with the Carnage symbiote. He's only seen the Green Goblin. So Osborne's dying with a spike through his chest, and you know Parker's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. It's too late for you." And Osborne's like, "No, it's not. Look what I can do!" And boom, Carnage pops out from inside of him, sucks in all his blood, so he's no longer dying. Pulls himself off the thing, and Parker just goes, "Oh, language!" And just swears right in the comics, like, boom. "What? Yep, he is so terrified." He chucks a tracker at him, and he just runs for his life. He like, a, no- like, a, like a trapper keeper tracker? Uh, no, like a like a spider tracer. Like spider oh. tracer. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but he just he just swears right in the comic, and then he he runs. He's like, I can't do this. I cannot fight Carnage and the Green Goblin as one. And he just he starts to flee. But Carnage can feel the spider tracer on him, right? So he's like, Yeah, this isn't gonna work. He just Carnage just destroys the tracker, and they chase Parker. Because we remember that Parker had some venom uh, before, so there's a codex, so Carnage can chase Parker, but Parker can't use the spider sense against Carnage because they had been, like, the ven- he was bonded with the venom. It, it, it's, it's really, really bad for Parker, finally. So Spider-Man is in big, big trouble. And what I like is Osborne has these Carnage bombs. They're like super insane pumpkin bombs that when he throws them, they giggle like hysterically insane pumpkin bombs. And then they'll bite onto you and then they explode. So, uh, Parker's getting, Parker's getting beat up and he's losing and he's going to lose and he knows he's going to lose. But Osborne says, all right, I'm going to give you one chance because I'm, I'm not heartless. You give up being Spider-Man forever, never become Spider-Man again. And I will spare you, I will spare MJ, I will spare Aunt May, I will spare J. Jonah Jameson, everyone you love, because I know who everybody is that you care about. You give up being Spider-Man right now, never do it again, and they all live. And Spider-Man has no choice. He takes his spider suit off, and he, like, sticks it on a flagpole, kind of like a white flag, and he flees. Wow. Great story, Steve. Yeah. I should stop there, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's look at some cards. Well... Wait a minute. Should, should we go on a little bit more, maybe? All right, as long as it doesn't make me sad. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's it's a it's a good family tale going forward. So I think you'll enjoy this because everybody likes little kids, right? And Osborne has now wants to see his grandson, namely Normie. So this is his favorite grandson. He's got other ones, but this is his favorite one. Parker doesn't become Spider-Man, but he sends his friends to protect his loved ones. He gets anti-venom involved, the Human Torch, Silk, Clash, Spider, the Miles Morales version. Uh, and they're like, Parker's like, all right, you're my team. You got to keep an eye on MJ and Aunt May and all this sort of stuff. And they're fine. Red Goblin's keeping his word. He's not going after him. But Osborne wants to see Harry, wants to see Normie. So he shows up and starts to give Harry a hard time and he's going to kidnap his grandson. And so Spider-Man's little gallery of friends, amazing friends start to do battle 
And, you know, they're like, oh, well, we have the Human Torch and we have Clash, who's like a Sonic guy. So that should make quick work of any symbiote. Symbiotes, as we learned, are like super vulnerable to fire and Sonic. Oh, yeah. But nah, not when they are connected to the Green Goblin as well. So Carnage is immune to everything that normally he should be weakened by, which makes him nearly invincible, which is really cool. There's a lot of battle scenes. Maybe I'll skip ahead a little bit here, but there's a ton of combat. There's a lot of cool fights. Anti-Venom gets involved. He's the only one who can do anything to, to the Red Goblin. Until Parker realizes, well, no, the only one who can really beat Norman Osborn is me. I have to become Spider-Man once again. So, like, a whole issue later, maybe one issue later, Parker goes back on his deal and becomes a Spider-Man once more. That's usually how long it takes for him to renege on his uh, commitments. Right. Yeah. Osborn says, hey, you broke the deal. So he goes and he, he messes with MJ, messes with Aunt May, all kinds of, you know, neat, neat battles start happening. J. Jonah Jameson, feeling bad that he gave away that Parker was Spider-Man, actually calls up an old favor from Eddie Brock, Venom. Says you gotta go help, you know, protect Aunt May or MJ or whatever. So Venom's now involved. So you have this cool, like, all these people trying to fight Osborn. Some other people also show up. I won't spoil who also shows up to help out. So what we end up with is the whole idea of fighting fire with fire instead of fire alarms with fire alarms. So eventually what happens is Brock, Eddie Brock says, you know what? I think you're right, Parker. The only way that the only one who can defeat the Green Goblin is Spider-Man, but the only one who can defeat Carnage is Venom. So here, and he gives Spider-Man the Venom symbiote once more. Hmm. So now it's Venom Spider-Man versus Carnage Green Goblin. But does Venom take him back? He does. Um, and there's a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of a control, but Venom's sort of a good guy now. Brock has been trying to use him in a positive ways, right? But he still struggles with it. And at a few times when Parker gets real emotional, Venom gets very emotional and kind of goes a little feral. And then he has some anti-Venom, who's Flash Thompson, kind of pulls him back and says, no, don't do that, Parker, right? Remember what you're doing this for. Don't don't let those negative emotions take effect and don't let Venom come out in that way and stuff like that. Anyways, they have an ep- epic battle across the city. It's like seven issues. It's tons of combat. And in it, Osborn does manage to take out a hero permanently. As far as I know, he kills Flash Thompson, the anti-Venom. Really? That's Yeah. Boom. Like dead dead? Dead dead, as far as I could tell. Uh, listeners might know if he's come back since then. But what I found is, yeah, Osborne, Red Goblin kills Flash Thompson, the anti-Venom. So. Oh. But not Spider-Man, of course. Cause, no. Yeah, no. All right, so one, but one spider symbiote down, so one to go. But Spider-Man's still no real match for Red Goblin, even with the Venom symbiote. But Parker knows Osborne's one weakness. It's his ego. So Parker calls him out for that, because he is losing. He has been defeated. Like, he almost gets him a few times, but not quite. And the Red Goblin is killing parker he's he he's going to do it it's just a matter of a few more moments and parker's like yeah carnage finally got me <laughs> it's not you osborne it's carnage that's doing it and that is not something that osborne wants to hear like got the green goblin cannot deal with that no 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 it's not carnage it's me the green goblin that's doing it and parker's saying nope nope it's carnage that's going to defeat me and everybody can see it all they see is that you know this red monstrosity so what does Osborne do? 
I hope he gets rid of him. Oh. He debonds with Carnage and says, I don't need Carnage to defeat you. I can do it without him. And Spider-Man debonds with Venom. Now Carnage and Venom go after each other off to the side and they're battling. <laughs> right? okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then uh, Spider-Man and Green Goblin duke it out. Mano y mano. Eventually, Spider-Man is getting the better of Goblin because it is true. Spider-Man can seem to always defeat Green Goblin. So Osborne knows he's losing and he's about to lose. So he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'd rather just win. So he reaches out to rebond with Carnage. And Carnage is running over to him and they they just start to touch like their fingertips. It's like <laughs> E.T., right? Oh, or... You got the touch! You got the power! It's, it's the leap together. No! Just when they touch. Yeah. Yeah. They just touch each other when Spider-Man throws a flaming motorcycle into the two of them, which explodes, and the fire just met, just wipes out Carnage. I don't know if it's Carnage is dead, but it, it it messes up Carnage really, really bad. It messes up Osborne, and the fact that they were linked when that explosion happens and just wrecks Carnage mentally also wrecks Green Goblin, who's already insane. So... Osborne is just pushed way over the edge. He is utterly, completely lost. He thinks he's a different person now. He he gets locked up. He goes to jail. He's no longer the Green Goblin. He's no longer Osborne. He thinks he's he thinks that Spider Man is Norman Osborne, uh, and it, it kind of ends there with Osborne locked up in an insane asylum, not even knowing who he is, not even knowing he's the Green Goblin, thinking that Spider Man's a Green Goblin. And it, wow, it, yeah. yeah. That's intense. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff in between that I sort of didn't talk about with Osborne and his son Harry and his grandson Normie because I guess maybe I should mention it. Osborne infects his grandson Normie with the Carnage symbiote because he can do that. Like you can infect other people with like pieces of it. So you have this little five-year-old who's a mini Carnage and that's like a whole piece of it too. Which is really interesting at one point because Normie Osborne is Norman Osborne's grandson, but whatever the infected thing is that is over Normie Osborne is technically Venom's grandson. So there's this weird family dynamic where Venom's like, hey, leave my grandson alone. And Osborne's like, no, that's my grandson. So it's messed up. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Listeners who go and try to look up some more of this red. Red Goblin will notice it. There's a brand new series. I think there's only like four issues out right now called, I think it's called The Red Goblin. And that's a 2023 series. And that's all about Normie Osborne and how he's inter- how he's reacting to having been infected and being this Red Goblin spinoff version of it. It's not, it's not this character that we're talking about, but it's the grandson and the after effects of him being infected by the Carnage symbiote. So. Right, right. Yeah. Anyhow, there you go. Wow. wow. Wow, Steve. That was that was crazy. That was crazy. I would suggest anybody go read it. You know, there's a ton I didn't talk about. Really like into it when I was reading it. I was like I was tearing up at one point. I'm like, this is so emotional. You know, I don't know. <laughs> caught, caught me at a bad time, but like the family dynamics of some of it and it, the art is excellent. Well thanks, Steve. Yeah, you're welcome. That was a great story. Now is it card time? Now it's card time. Awesome. All right. Set us up, Steve.
All right, Sinister Motives campaign box. The fifth and final scenario, 19 total cards, 12 by title. Tonight, we will look at Venom and his main schemes and how that all works. And I've been talking for a while, so one of you guys gets to read Venom Goblin. Take it away, Mike. Cool. All right, Venom Goblin. Villain with three forms. Form number one, two scheme, two attack. He is goblin and symbiote traded. Steady. And his ability on version one is called Infest the City. The forced response that says, after Venom Goblin activates against you, move the glider counter to the main scheme with the least threat. Choose to either place two threat on that scheme or resolve its special ability. Mm. So yeah, there's uh, there's cards with special abilities that do nasty things. You have to either start threading it out or resolve the nasty thing every time. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, so those, and it's activates. It's not attacks. So every time you pull an advance, an assault. Yep. Uh, they think there's probably a card in here where he just attacks you anyways because he's like, a yeah. regular scheme. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Version two, two scheme, but he's gone up to three attack. He is also goblin and symbiote traded. He is still steady, but he also gains toughness. When revealed, deal two face down and counter cards to each player. Oof. Lovely callback. Yep. To the old uh, mutagen scenario. Yep. And his ability has been upgraded to claim the throne. Forced response. After Venom Goblin activates against you, move the glider counter to the main scheme with the least threat and resolve its special ability. No mm. choices now. You just do the bad thing. Okay, version three. Now his scheme is caught up. He is a 3-3 scheme and attack. Still goblin, symbiote traded. Retaliate one now, along with stalwart and toughness. So yeah, stunning is completely off the table now. When revealed, deal three face down encounter cards to Claire. And his ability has gained another upgrade. It is now Reign of Terror. Forced response after Venom Goblin activates against you. Move the glider counter to the main scheme with the least threat. Place one threat on that scheme and resolve its special ability. Oh yeah, he's got hit points. Uh, he he starts with uh, sixteen, then goes up to eighteen, and then twenty-one hit points per player. Wow. He's tough. He is. Yeah. He is tough. Twice. He's wow. always doing something nasty to you. In addition to yeah, it's. Ugh. I really like how from one to three, how his ability grows. It's like, oh, you have a choice. Oh, you don't have a choice. Oh, now you get both bad things from when the level one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like they gave him steady. Yeah. He's the final boss of the box. You don't want a stun lock to completely neuter his ability. Yeah, and even that upgrades the stalwart. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Main scheme. Skies over New York. Side A tells you to, you know, Venom Goblin 1, 2, or 2 and 3 for Expert. Uh, Venom Goblin's symbiotic strength and standard encounter sets, one modular encounter set, Goblin Gear recommended. Now, setup for this scenario, you put the lower Manhattan, midtown Manhattan, and upper Manhattan main schemes into play, and you'll place the glider counter on midtown Manhattan. You'll flip this card and set it aside. What's on the other side of that card? I believe it's the Skies of New York Environment card. All right, so let's talk about these main schemes, upper, mid, and lower Manhattan. Okay, so because this glider counter is going to be flying all over New York, as you remember from Mike reading you the Venom Goblin villain, right? This glider counter is going to move around. So Upper Manhattan has 10 threat per player. Residents of Upper Manhattan enjoy a sunny day around Central Park in Harlem, unaware of Venom Goblin's plot to infest their community. 
The special here is discard one card from your hand. If a symbiote environment is in play, discard the top four cards of your deck. Okay. Yeah, so pretty nasty if that happens every time he activates against you. Yeah. 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 Now, if we're in Midtown, the iconic buildings and bustling streets of Midtown Manhattan obscure Venom Goblin's movements overhead. This has a 12 threat per player. It uh, starts at two per player and goes up one per player. Um, the special here is take two indirect damage. If a symbiote environment is in play, take one additional indirect damage. Okay. Seems fitting. Seems thematic. And finally, in Lower Manhattan, a global hub of commerce, many citizens in Lower Manhattan stay focused on the bottom line, distracted from Venom Goblin's attempt to usurp the city. Mm. 11 per player, one per player to start, and up one per player as we go along. And the special here is to place one threat on each scheme. And if a symbiote environment is in play, place one additional threat on this scheme. Okay. Just to, just an aside, this special is pretty funny for how it combos with side schemes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so these are all... All these main schemes are out at once. Okay? And now there are some environment cards that are going to... There's one main environment card, interacts with these three things, and then they become environment cards when venom advances them so steve you've had a chance now to get your voice back why don't you walk us through how environments work in this scenario all right we'll start with the skies over new york <coughs> so this is going to be your global environment that's out the whole time and i'll read it and we'll talk about it so player cards that affect the main scheme can apply to any main scheme so all three of them it doesn't really matter which one Encounter cards that affect the main scheme only apply to the scheme with the glider counter, including the placing of acceleration tokens. Okay. So, right, yep. and if he's advancing, it's only going on the main scheme that has the glider counter. Uh, insight is only going on the main scheme that has the glider counter. And if you Phantom Goblin decks out, you're only placing the acceleration token on the one main scheme that has the glider counter. Sure. All right, each main scheme accumulates threat each round according to its acceleration value and any acceleration tokens on that scheme. So sort of like tower defense where both main schemes get threat at the start of the villain phase, all three of these will get threat based on their their values. Okay. Which right now is just one per player, but maybe there's, like you said, you could have an acceleration token or something else like that. Acceleration icon, that sort of thing. That's the whole overall sort of how you're going to interact with the schemes. But then each one of these main schemes like daniel said if it completes it's going to flip over and when you flip it over you've got new environments and they're all basically the same you have upper manhattan midtown manhattan lower manhattan they're all location symbiote environments so they are symbiote environments which will trigger the other two main schemes special kickers and they say when revealed move the glider counter and each acceleration token from here to the main scheme with the least threat if there are at least two symbiote environments in play, the players lose the game. Mm -hmm. And they all, they all say that. If Lower Manhattan reaches its threat threshold in a solo game of 11, it will flip over. You'll take any acceleration tokens that were on Lower Manhattan and the glider counter, and you'll move it to either Midtown or Upper, depending on which one has the lower threat currently on it. But Steve, I don't see a way to flip these back. You don't <laughs> have a way to flip them back. There is no mercy here with Venom Goblin. Uh, you have let that part of New York get infected. So, And that's the beginning of the end. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, <clears throat> sure, you lose at two symbiote environments, but just having one out triggers every 
kicker in this set. Yeah, I think you have like, maybe you're poised to win, right? You only have to do a couple more points of damage and one flips and you're like, okay, this is the turn I can finish him off. You don't have many turns after you flipped one environment. No, I don't. Yeah. So I have a rules question for the skies over New York environment card. Now, what if there's a side scheme with an acceleration token? Will that advance every one of them or just the one with the glider counter? Just the one with the glider counter. Correct. Okay. Because it says it counter cards that affect the main scheme in quotes. All right. So if you go into the rule book on page 17, uh-huh. there is additional information on the glider counter. And it does address this. It says when threat would be placed on, quote, the main scheme by an enemy activation, card ability, or acceleration icon, place it on the scheme mm-hmm. with the glider counter. Great. Thank you. And then it, yeah. It also clears up if you, if you have to put a token out, it only goes on the one. Right, from decking. So understood. Huh. Well, all that seems like a real cool puzzle. Yeah. It's a fun puzzle. scenario. It is. It it's not easy, and I think we'll talk about that, but um it's really neat because you have the multiple main schemes. We've had that with the tower defense. We've had multiple villains with Sinister Six and Wrecking Crew. This one moves around, you're sort of chasing goblin or you're trying to decide which Spot, I should remove threat because that's where Goblin is going to activate and move his token. And can I handle the effects of that? So, yeah. 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 We, we can talk more next week, I guess. For sure. For sure. But this hits a sweet spot for me in terms of difficulty and just, yeah, everything about it. I, I, I enjoy the scenario a lot. We'll save those feelings till next week, Mike. Okay. I'll bottle them up with my symbiotes. There you go. Put nice. them in a jar. Put them in a jar. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> if, uh, other people want to throw some things in our jars, Mike. Where, the, where can they reach it? <laughs> nice one, Daniel. Yeah, you know what? You know what I want to know. Uh, I want to know how much, how cool do you think this would have been if uh, the designers went with the Red Goblin approach? You know how how much more dastardly a villain could this have been? Villain can dream, right? You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail You can find us on Facebook or YouTube. Or Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Red Goblin, take us out. Green Goblin was pathetic and weak, but we are more powerful than he ever dreamed! <laughs> Boom. Flaming motorcycle. Flaming motorcycle to the face. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Popcorn's ready. I, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>